scary table. I think we can all agree that the important thing is not to touch the principal, the lawyer says. But we can close out the estate account and easily create enough cash flow. That isn't what I asked him. I look away and my eye catches another attorney, a bespectacled young woman in a business suit whose hair is pulled back in a bun. She reminds me of those secretaries in old sitcoms who stand up from behind their desks, unclip their hair, fling off their glasses, and suddenly become beautiful. Her expression is appropriately serious, but nothing about her disguise fools me. She's one of those women who try to hide their femininity, but that trick never works for long. Suppressing sex is like holding a beach ball under the surface of the water. The harder you push it down, the harder it will eventually spring back up. This young lawyer sees me watching and she winks, or at least I think she does. But that's too creepy, that she would look down this long line of men and wink, so I probably imagined it. I imagine lots of things. I see stuff no one else seems to see, and besides, coming here always rattles me. I never feel like I'm dressed right. I met Mark when we both worked at a bank, but I doubt that anyone around this table would believe I used to be a junior VP of finance. When I'm faced with these legal papers, I become math-impaired, unable to divide or subtract in my head. The female attorney is staring at a document on the table, biting her pale lip. She didn't wink at me. I must be losing my mind. Actually... I say in my most cheerful and reasonable voice, I'm asking how much there is in total. Without touching the principal and without acquiring even the slightest risk, we can deposit $11,000 a month into your checking account, the lawyer says. On the one hand, my mind reels because it's a staggering amount of money for someone who owns her house and car outright, for a woman whose favorite food is pizza and whose idea of a vacation is visiting her best friend from high school and sleeping on the couch. But on the other hand, he's saying that even from the grave, Mark has put me on an allowance. A very generous allowance, but an allowance nonetheless. You won't have to leave Mark's house, the lawyer says, and then quickly corrects himself. What I mean is, you won't have to leave your home. He was actually closer to the truth the first time. Mark was living in that huge, empty house when I married him, and all I really did was decorate it, hang some curtains and paint some walls, cram some rose bushes into the ground. Everyone always saw my husband as strong and powerful, but another image zooms back to me now. The first time he took me over to see the house. Mark looked as shy as a little boy as we stood in the foyer, which was so empty that it echoed, and he said to me, what do you think of this big old box? Do you think you can fill it with something? Like music, or color, or flowers, or a life? His little misstatement seems to have rattled the lawyer. He clears his throat and adjusts his glasses before continuing, glancing down at the stack of papers as if he doesn't know damn well what they say. Yes, the house is yours, he repeats, and there's no need to get a job, of course. And here, a slight titter of laughter runs around the table at the very suggestion of something so ridiculous as Kelly Wilder Madison filling out a W-4 form. Mark arranged for the continuation of his contributions to the charities he supported, so you'll still be invited to serve on their boards, I finish for him. Welcome at the teas and galas and auctions. Of course, he says.
The only thing you really need to know is that I get it, I tell him. I stand up, my head still swimming, and the lawyers all rise at once like a congregation getting ready to sing. I understand what you're saying. Nothing has to change. I want things to change. I know I'm lucky. I know that a cash flow of 11000 a month is what my daddy used to call a high-class problem. But I've lived for too long in a world where everything is controlled and monitored and predictable. I know the number of steps leading into every medical building in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've parked in the handicapped spaces, run in and gotten wheelchairs and run back, and counted out pills and become a master of low-sodium cuisine. And I've made tablescapes. Endless tablescapes, which are like centerpieces, only bigger. They run down the full length of the table, and their purpose is to give the meal a theme. Tablescape.